Well, um, this year we're going to be starting a new series in the book of Ephesians. Uh, so, great book. A lot of people love it. Uh, it's been a while since I've taught in an epistle, so it feels a little rusty. Uh, teaching, We've been teaching in the, a lot of the, uh, the messages and the gospel narratives. Um, but I'm excited about it. Uh, you just keep that on the screen, Harold, if you don't mind. Um, and uh, what I want to do today is just hit on just the introduction and hit on a few verses um, and hit on a theme of uh, the word here, spiritual blessing. So I want to talk to you about what does it mean, real simple outline today, what is blessing, why do we need it, and how do we give it? Um, before I do that, though, I do want to just hit on a couple of things in this passage um, and give you some context. Paul is writing to a group of churches in Asia Minor. Uh, Ephesus was one of the largest cities, uh, import cities. It was a city filled with Greco-Roman worship of, of Greek gods and Roman gods. So this was a very, um, a city filled with, with worship, um, all kinds of, you know, if you, if you were uh, barren and could not have a child, you would go to Artemis, the god of fertility, and you would go and you would make sacrifices to that temple. If you were missing anything in life, you would go to Ephesus looking for your idol or your God to bless you. And in that context, Paul reminds his people that you have every spiritual blessing right now. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a Jehovah's Witness knock on your door, um, but when I do meet one, I try to remind them of this verse because I know that you're, in, you're uncertain. You believe there's only 144,000 people that are going to make it and you're, you're going to be... If you don't get enough you know, notches on your belt, enough people that you're trying to convert, you're going to go back to your community and be uh, basically ashamed, and you're uncertain. And I want to let you know right now, every spiritual blessing is available to you. Um, and that's what Paul is trying to let them know. Um, and, and not only that, same mindset as, as, as the sense of guilt and shame-ridden religion, he reminds them that to God's holy people. I want to just pause there. In other translations, it says, to the saints in Ephesus. The word there is literally saint, to holy people. And I want to begin with a question, and this is very crucial to getting into blessing and spiritual blessing, and it's very crucial for our Christianity today, is do you see yourself primarily as a sinner who can do a saintly thing every once in a while, or do you see yourself, your identity as a saint? who might still have the potential to sin? Do you see yourself as a saint who might still sin? Or do you see yourself, your identity as just a sinner who can sometimes do some good things? That's a very critical question because Protestantism has gone wrong for several years. The downfall of Christianity has been an obsession with sin. An obsession with sin. The sense of, uh, if you look at the gospel narrative, the, basically the Bible story can be broken up into creation, fall, redemption, renewal. And most of Christianity focuses on fall and redemption and in what theologians call the original sin with Adam and Eve. But we have forgotten the original blessing that we were created good in God's image. Amen? Uh, that we have been created, and Paul reminds them that because of Christ, you are saints. Your identity is one of blessing. Now, it's true, there's a fly in the ointment, right? Um, but we have become so preoccupied with the fly in the ointment. We've, be, we've become preoccupied with the flaw in the beautiful artwork of humanity. But on the found, if we start in our life with the foundation that your original goodness 
That God's goal for your life is to restore you to your original goodness that's in you. That's, that's an amazing message that is so much neglected. Um, because uh, Christians like checklists, right? Um, they like checklists. I remember being a kid, and you had the envelope. Did I read my Bible today? Check. Did I give? Check. Did I show up to church Sunday morning and Sunday night? You guys are, I don't know, am I showing my age here? Um, there was a checklist, and you filled it out, and you put it in the offering box every week of what you did on your checklist, okay? I know, I know, this was a thing. This was like, a, like Christianity in the 80s. It was a big deal. Um, and so uh, what happens is, is God doesn't like these things, but he likes these things. And if you do the things that God doesn't like, well, he loves you, but he might be disappointed with you. This is kind of like just what gets in the psyche. Um, and I just, that kind of God, to be honest, if we were to meet that God in the living flesh, I don't think anybody would want to hang out with him. I think we lie to ourselves and be like, oh yeah, I like that God. I like the God that's a checklist God. Really? No. We don't, we don't, we would not want to hang out with that kind of person. God is a God, in this verse, Paul is saying, you are saints. And this is very important for our identity to restore in us this vision of original blessing. Um, one vision where you remove original blessing leads to seeing faith as a war to be won, which many people are an enemy to be conquered. The original blessing view means faith is a world to be explored in which people are neighbors to be loved. And so I want to talk to you about what is blessing, how do we get it, but first we must see that we, we receive blessing, we don't earn blessing, we, don't, we are holy ones already because of Christ, Amen. Um, so, so we're just going to work through, through blessing. Um, I just want to start with a story. When I was uh, first a young pastor, uh, I started a college ministry at a college campus um, through my local church. And there were several other campus ministries there. Um, our college ministry began to grow. We started a college ministry. We started a worship service from our church on the college campus. I remember we had a I wanted to make sure that we were, I was being a, a good player and being at peace with everyone. So I remember going to one of the other campus pastors to let him know that we were doing this and really kind of wanting his blessing. I mean, we were going to do it anyway, but I wanted to know that, like, we're not in competition with you. We're, we're here to work together. And I went, and I remember um, these words very faintly, and I think one of the reasons, um, they stick with me, and, and sometimes... I, I caution myself in doing my God calling because of, because of some words like this. But I remember him looking at me and says, Brian, you're not really about God's kingdom. You're about your kingdom. And I remember um, those words were basically like a curse spoken over my life when I was looking for blessing. And I think in life, most of us are familiar with... Cur- we, to understand blessing, we have to understand cursing. Cursing is not uh, a hex right, from, from, from sci-fi movie. It's not uh, swearing. Um, cursing happens all the time, every day to all of us. Most of us have experienced so much cursing in our life of, of, it, that we are not familiar with the blessing. We're not familiar with the blessing. Listen to John Ortberg's uh, words on, on curse. He says, I used to think cursing someone meant swearing or putting a hex on them, but it was easy to avoid because I did not sw- swear or much or do hexes. But as I realized how wrong I had been, you can curse someone with an eyebrow, 
You can curse someone with a shrugged shoulder. I've seen a husband curse a wife by leaving just the, the, the tiniest delay before saying, of course I love you. The more you know someone, the more subtly and cruelly you can curse someone. And so many of us have received this cursing, these, these messages in our life, these scripts in our life that we now are the loudest voice in our head that, we, that dominates our thought life, these negative scripts. Um, but in the word blessing, what is blessing? Um, to go back, just be technical for a minute, Barak is the Hebrew word for blessing. It is to speak the intention of God on someone. Uh, Dallas Willard said it is to project goodness onto someone, uh, onto the life of another. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, blessing is the visible, perceptible, effective proximity to God, right? The word blessing in the Greek is eulogia, uh, which is where we get the word eulogy, right? Which is to speak larger or well of, to speak the intention of God on someone. And so, when we talk about blessing, that often feels much less familiar, to have that bestowed upon us, right? To have that kind of goodness. But today I want to remind you that God has spoken every spiritual blessing is yours right now, like at access to you. He's going to go through in this list, and we're going to teach on this next week, so I don't want to steal next week's thunder. But he's going to say, you have been chosen before the foundation of the world. You've been predestined as God's child. He's adopted you as a son and a daughter of God. That he's, he's, he's lavished his grace upon you, right? Like not just like giving you a little bit of grace. He's like lathered you up in grace. You know, like that old school videos where you'd like see the babies and the moms would throw baby powder on them. Like, bam, it's just like, just boom, grace, grace, grace. Baby powder of grace, just all over you. He's lavished you with grace. He's redeemed you from from, from sin. He's, he's given you the, the forgiveness of sins. It says that he's done all this and he's sealed you with the Holy Spirit. So he, all within these, these this, uh, verses, 3 through 14, is just one run-on sentence. It's horrible uh, syntax. Like Paul would have got a, a C- minus in English. Um, but what Paul is doing is he's writing, not, not, not for our impression, he's saying a, a prayer over us. Uh, he's, he's, he's speaking a, a blessing, a sense of, of letting you know who you are and whose you are. Um, I can't remember how many times in Ephesians the word in Christ shows up, but it's a lot. Because he needed to remind these, these, this community who was living in Ephesus whose they were and who they were and what their identity was. And so many curses have been spoken over us. Think about the curses spoken over you. You're fat. You're ugly. You're nobody. No one will love you. You won't amount to much. That job won't make you, make you money. That career doesn't mean much to me. Think about all the different curses that have been spoken over you. These words wound our spirits, and that is the power of the curse. These woundings haunt us. They, we live from these wounds. We, we lie awake with an accusation reel playing in our head, and I've got mine and you've got yours, and they make tremendous impact. Now, what's the loudest voice in your head? What's the lie that's still shaping you? And so when we've, we've been wounded, then we have these lies that we tell ourselves, and they torment us. Henry Nouwen says this, 
When we have come to believe in the voices that call us worthless and unlovable, anyone else listen to those voices? Or am I just the only one? Okay, we got, we got one more? Cool. Um, then success, popularity, and power are easily perceived as attractive solutions. The real trap, however, is self-rejection. Self-rejection is the greatest enemy of the spiritual life because it contradicts the sacred voice. Now do you see why I said original blessing is one of the most important theologies we need to recover today? Because when all you think about is, I am a sinner, I am a sinner, I am a sinner, your whole identity is built into self-rejection. The great in self-rejection works because it keeps you coming back of a cycle of shame that keeps you coming back to the preacher guy who has a big ego because everybody's listening to him and telling him how bad they are, and then your shame part gets a, a fix, and now you feel like you, God can love you because you felt horrible about yourself, therefore you earned God's love. You see how backwards this is? But when you begin to have a view that you are God's original blessing, that you are the highest of all creation, these lies have no handle on us. And so these lies get in us. Then we develop idols, anecdotes, basically, copings for how the lies make us feel. And then those slowly become into addictions. Two important things in Jesus' life. And the two important things that Paul is trying to show you. One, Jesus is the source of blessing. He's the source of blessing. And the initiative of God is the whole activity of all of this. Um, and so Jesus' ministry, if you think about it, could be summed up by blessing. Uh, a lot of people like, you know, think about the endings of the Gospels. A lot of people's favorites is Matthew 28, right? Go make disciples of all nations. I love it. It's great. But there's another ending I really love, and that's Luke 24. In Luke 24, Jesus is with his disciples. And it says that he blessed them and went away and ascended into heaven. I just want to know what that was like. I don't know if Jesus was like, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, and just like went away. Or if he was like, bless you, bless you, bless you, and going higher and higher and higher. All I know is that the last thing the disciples heard was, I bless you, I bless you, I bless you, I bless you. And that's the last thing they heard of Jesus. It's already yours. And when Jesus came on the scene, his entire ministry was about blessing. When he saw division, he began to bring peace. He began to bring unity. He began to, to the, the, wherever ever he saw the result of the curse, wherever he saw effects of the curse, he came in the scene and began to introduce blessing. So when he saw exclusion, when he saw lepers excluded, when he saw people that were marginalized, when he saw people on the outside, he came and blessed. He's like, I notice you. I see who no one else sees. I want, and if you want to, if you want to, um, if you want to impress people, whenever you go in the room, don't go find the person with the most power. Go find the most least important person in the room, and go spend time with that person. That's what Jesus did. He went and found the most unnoticeable person and blessed them. Where he saw exclusion, he included. Jesus' whole ministry could be summed up by looking for the effects of the curse and replacing it with blessing. And then Jesus takes the ultimate exchange. It's Galatians 3, which uh, Christine taught on right, before the, uh, right, after, right around Christmas. 
Galatians 3, Jesus was punished that we might be forgiven. He was wounded that he, we might be healed. He became a curse so that we might be walk in blessing. And so this is the beauty of blessing. God's blessed you. He's already blessed you. Now, how do we, my, my goal for us as a community is that we would have like a black belt in blessing. Like we'd be like, you know, someone has a black belt, you like tap them on the shoulder wrong, they're like, wah, right? They're just like, it's just a reaction, right? It's just like, you're going to get a reaction because I've been trained in this skill. I want us to have a black belt in blessing. I want us to be a community that lives out the ministry of Jesus, but we must first receive it. But how do we bless? How do we become blessing agents? Um, it starts, number one, by speech. So you're taking notes, number one is we receive blessing by speech. Jesus' ministry starts with blessing, not healing or curse uh, or cross-bearing. Jesus' ministry starts with him receiving the words of God, you are my beloved child, my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. So we receive blessing from God with, with speech. And every one of us knows what that's like. We know that there's a speech that can curse. James 3, verse 9 and 10 says that words can also heal and they can also curse. Listen to um, Song of Songs. That's right. New Year, Song of Songs. Uh, dark am, this is a woman talking to her lover. Dark am I, yet lovely, daughters of Jerusalem, dark like the tents of Kedar, like the tense curtains of Solomon. She's talking about her skin. Do not stare at me because I'm dark. Are right, you hear this? Because I'm darkened by the sun, my mother's sons were angry with me and made me take care of the vineyards, my own vineyard I had to neglect. So she's saying, don't stare at me. I'm filled with shame. There's cultural standards of beauty at that time. I know what I look like, and I don't want you to see me like this, right? Shame. And then there's another story. My brothers made me work in the vineyard. But there's a deeper story. This is what I see when I look at me. This is this, this, this curse that I am experiencing, inner turmoil. And then, and, then, and then listen to the responsive voice of Solomon. You are altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. So that, that's the beautiful message, you know, that's the beautiful message of original blessing for us. You are altogether beautiful. There is no flaw in you. Now, I know that there's a fly in the ointment. I know that there's a flaw in the, the, the painting. We get that. But we already know that. We don't need to keep hearing it over and over again. We know that intuitively, do we not? We need to hear there's no flaw in you. We need to hear that you are, you've been baby powdered with grace. <laughs> like you just pow, pow, grace everywhere. Like you lavish. We need to hear what Paul is saying to us. You've been chosen. You've been loved. You've been sealed with the spirit. You've been redeemed. You've been forgiven all, all of your life. If your life is a train wreck, you're a perfect match for Jesus. Like, that's what we need to hear. See, it, it, it's the one thing to understand that God blesses us, but to hear this and to hear it and spoken over us is huge. So first thing we do to bless is we, we speak it over other people. We speak blessing, and we can't speak what we do not receive ourselves. So we must receive the blessing from God. We can speak blessing to others. The second thing is we notice it. We notice it. We notice people that need blessing. We notice others we see people on the train hurting. We, we see people in our city walking in pain. Everybody we meet is an encounter with a king and queen of England. At the same time, everybody we meet is like, like they have the worst story imaginable. It's like those two tensions at all times. 
and noticing where to bless and how to bless. Um, there's an author I, I like. Uh, many of you probably heard him named Bob Goff. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Bob Goff. I wrote a book, real popular, named Love Does, um, and he speaks at conferences and things like that. And he tells a story, it's probably one of my favorite stories in thinking about uh, changing just the way I think about blessing. Um, he, he said that when he first started speaking at conferences, you know, you, you'd get a ride from the airport and it would be like really simple, like a youth pastor in a 98 Camry would pick you up, right? And then it would get nicer cars and nicer cars over time. Um, he said, but then this one conference, they like picked him up in a limo. And it was just like, oh, this is weird. Like getting picked up in a limo. So he gets picked up in this limo and he tells a story that he's in the back you know, and he's got the limo driver, and there's the window, right, where you can close it off from the limo driver, and he knocks on the glass and says, hey, uh, you know, can I talk to you? And he's like, tell me about your life, tell me about you. And he finds out this man is just someone just trying to hustle, side hustle job, driving a limo, just trying to provide for his three kids. Um, and, and he's like, man, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing you, you're trying to do this. He goes, you know, um, he asks him, have you ever ridden in the back of one of these? He's like, no, 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 that's like against company policy. He's like, Hindu. He's like, no, I like, he's like, don't worry, I'm a lawyer. Like, I got you covered. Like, we'll, we'll figure this out. Like, he's like, I want you to ride in the back. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, no, seriously, pull over. I want, I, I'll, I'll cover any incidents that happen. And he's like, um, I want you to ride in the back. So he puts him in the back. He wants him to experience, like, this, this seat of honor, right? Um, and he, he has him drive him to his airport, I mean, his hotel. So he drives him to his own hotel. And Bob Goff's a really weird dude. He's, he's a cool, weird dude. Um, he makes medals. He makes medals of honor for people. And gives, so he gets him out of the car, and he gets his medal of honor, and he pins it on his chest. And he says, you're the hero. You're the real hero. Not, I, just, I write books and speak to people. It's nothing. But you're the hero. That's what it means to bless. It's this picture of, of honor, picture of noticing. Now, here's my question. What do you think that limo driver thinks of Christians? What do you think he thinks of Christians? Oh my gosh, Christians. Let me tell you a story about a Christian I met. Right? But the Christians are known for cursing, for, for condemning, not for blessing. May we be a black belt community in blessing, where we are known for blessing. Um, there's some, there uh, some Christian research done with missionary research about an organization in Thailand doing, doing missionary work in Thailand. There's two teams. One team, the approach was called the converters. Their approach was basically, we're just, our goal is to go out and convert people. The other team were the blessers. We're just going to look for people to bless. And the blessers saw... 50 more people come to know Jesus over two years, 50 times more than the converters. That makes sense. <laughs> so so we, we speak blessing. We see blessing. And lastly, we, we empower others. We empower others. Um, we give away our privilege to others. We, we take the blessing we have. We take the privilege we have. We take the, the status we have, and we, we give it away. Um, to the future generation, and to, to the rest of the world. I um, just want to kind of focus on those main two, though, seeing and speaking. Um, and so, so as we close here, we're going to be going through Ephesians. It's going to be great. Next week, we're going to get into all the spiritual blessings. But today, I just want you to know 
You are blessed. You have every spiritual blessing. God sees you. He speaks goodness over you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And the challenge in me even saying that as I feel what you may feel, which is, yeah, I've heard that a thousand times, right? Um, But it's one thing to hear it from a pastor or a video. It's another thing to encounter it from the mouth himself of God. To experience it afresh from God's spirit to your spirit. And when you've got that, nothing can shake you and nothing can affect you because God has you and he's blessed you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we, we come before us, uh, before you. And we just want to be, experience your blessing. We want to we pray for people. We'll have some prayer leaders by the elevator in the back. And we just want to pray blessing over you. So if you would like to receive a blessing, we would love to pray for you. As you pray right now, what's the, what's the loudest voice controlling you? What's the loudest voice that is controlling you from that is a source of pain from your past? What is the, the cursings that are, you're telling yourself right now about yourself? The blame, there's self-rejection. I just pray that you would turn that volume down and and would you turn up the volume of God in the moment that God wants to set you free he wants to open your heart he doesn't want you to strive try or have resolve he wants you to resign from trying to prove yourself to those lies and he just wants to pour out blessing so right now if you would would you um If you're willing, put your palms up to just receive. Would you receive God's goodness upon your life, that you were created good in God's image, that you are the highest of all creation? You are lovely, my darling. There is no flaw in you. May you receive your original blessing, that you were created to be explorers in this world and your neighbors are neighbors to be loved. You are blessed to be a blessing. May you see God, your Father. May you see Jesus ascending over you, saying, I bless you, I bless you, I bless you, I bless you. You are lovely. You are good. And may his blessing that he took on the curse, may it change your life. God, we receive all of you. We want to come Eat at your table, drink of your cup, and praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You guys can stand and sing. Um, We're going to sing a couple of songs. Um, We're available for prayer if you want to receive prayer. Uh, There's communion to my right, your left. The body of Christ represented in the cup represents the blood of Jesus spilt for us. We, We believe in an open table here. Everyone is welcome to take of communion that is here.
um, let's sing and, uh, and worship.